0: Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm the DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is a man who has been known to say, I'm a thief and I dig it. I'm up on a reef. I'm going to rig it. Here's old (laughs) Jawbone himself. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, i mean.
0: So for this episode, we have a special guest. You may remember him from singles like Amazing from only you in the early 2000s, or his country hit from 2010, Georgia Clay. His most recent record is called My Baby and the Band, and we're going to talk about the band. So please welcome to the podcast, Josh Kelly. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. This is great. Absolutely. Uh, So you are in Utah, is that correct?
2: Uh, I am. So I live in, I mean, I've lived all over the planet, but uh, my my kids and my wife and I, we sort of um, just found out, found years ago that we just didn't want to leave this place. Um, yeah. So we live way up in the mountains here, uh, kind of in a super small town here in Utah. Uh, today is the first day we got some real serious snow, so it's beautiful outside. I was just going to ask, how cold is it up there? You know, it it has been a pretty mild winter so far. Usually it's, you know, um, usually it's like we're already a couple feet deep in snow, but um, uh, it's been pretty mild. It's not too bad, but today's pretty daggone cold.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, your Park City area?
2: Well, yeah. I always tell people Park City because that's kind of like, I guess, what sort of could make sense for them. Yeah. But um, it, we're about 25 minutes outside of Park City and I usually don't really disclose the... Because
0: nah, my you know, wife I, is
2: a big actress and I don't want weirdos <laughs> trying to get up here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Park City's enough. That's that's good. <laughs> that works. Yeah. I, I went to school and. In Provo, nice. And so I I spent some time up in Park City, but I I, I love Sundance and yeah. the film festival there. So there were uh, there were a few years while I was out there that uh, I, I did the did the film festival thing. Yeah,
2: it's pretty great, man. It really is. Um, it's a cool time. It's actually the best time if you're a skier to ski because no one skis. It's all these you know <laughs> dudes from LA and New York and everywhere coming up for Sundance and you know they're not taking advantage of the opportunity to ski. So we always go in and ski and then come down and, you know, try to catch what we can. And sometimes I do a few live shows and it's just, it's a really pretty area.
0: We could always tell who was from California because, um, all the Californians wore black. Yeah. they 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 wear black.
2: And then, and they also wear like chucks. It's like, and it's, they're in snow. I mean, they're all, I mean, I've seen some of them really bust their tails before.
0: (laughs) Anyways, all right. Well, I'm sk- I'm skipping way ahead. So um, sure, w- we we, we got to uh, do the uh, do the all important question. And Wayne, you you um you gotta you gotta keep me in check as I keep forgetting to 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 bring it back to the the t shirt question. So let's uh-huh. start with you, Wayne. What what t shirt are you wearing?
1: I got this a while back. I've been waiting for that. I would say the band is technically a Canadian band, so I have a t shirt uh, for the Tragically Hip.
2: Nice. Nice. Fantastic. I love it.
0: All right. How about you, Josh? What t-shirt are you wearing?
2: I am wearing a t-shirt that I bring out of retirement this time every year. And it's called my fat shirt. And (laughs) it's because during the holidays, I just go ahead and sort of let it all go. And, uh, and this is the only shirt that really fits for about two months. And then, uh, (laughs) and then I decide to, to, uh, get back on, on my uh, Peloton and trying to lose the weight. So I'm wearing my fat shirt and I'm wearing a hat
0: that says, I know you from the internet. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. Well, um, Wayne, I had to look down cause I took zero thought in that I'm wearing my Hannah Harbor and the Lionhearts t-shirt. So that's a uh, local, local band here in the Orlando area. So Fantastic. I don't know how that fits in with the band other than she's got a really cool band that, uh, is full of really great musicians. I guess there's, there's my tie in. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Boom. You nailed it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So before we jump into, uh, the band, let's, let's, let's talk with Josh Kelly. So I kind of have to, um, I kind of feel like I have to apologize because, I I bought your first two records. So for the ride home and almost Mm -hmm. honest, and then I kind of lost track of you. Yeah. And, and so I've since been making amends by listening to a lot of your albums over the last several weeks. Um, and we just talked with, um, I don't know if you know, singer songwriter, Sean Brown from earlier in the two thousands. Yeah. I I know his name but for some reason I'm not placing his face right now. So we just recorded an episode with him um talking about Temple of the Dock. Oh man, I love that record. Oh, uh, we do oh, too. God. We do too. That was
2: that's my childhood right there.
0: Jeez. It's that's our twenties for, oh. for Wayne and I. We we <laughs> we both grew up in the Tacoma, Seattle area. So that was that was our wheelhouse. That was our music. That's awesome. And um, so talking with Sean, you know, we were we were chatting about the big singer songwriter explosion of the early two thousands with, you know, John Mayer and, and Matt Carney and Jason Matt Mraz Athera and Jason Mraz and you, and, yep. um, and, and then all of a sudden, like all of you guys stopped getting play on whatever, whatever con- adult contemporary or adult alternative, yeah. whatever the, 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 genre was, was being called at that that point and um so with that i mean how are you getting music out to new audiences considering well, that those I, radio stations have kind of gone away
2: you know i mean honestly i've never really i never really relied that heavily on um radio i mean i felt very fortunate very lucky any time i've ever had the opportunity yeah. um to to be in that but i actually was one of the first people to get signed because of the internet and uh i got signed because of Napster Back mm-hmm. in the day. And I mm-hmm. found a little loophole in Napster and was able to um, promote my music to millions and millions of people. And um, literally within about two and a half months of, of doing my little sort of Napster, for lack of a better word, scheme, um, I had like three record deal offers uh, because my music went viral on this.
0: Okay. I, I want to know what this scheme was. Were, were you like covering other people's nope. music no. and then... Here's, no?
2: no, here's what it was. Um, I... I accidentally, it was, it was kind of an accident and I clicked on somebody's unique username in the wrong way or in a, in, in an, a typical way. And all of a sudden this little thing came up and it, and it basically meant like I could send them a direct message, a personal message. And yes. nobody at the time knew that you could do that through Napster. I mean, I did it as an accident. And so I realized like, Oh my God, I can, this is how I'm going to get my music out there. So at the time, what I did is I, I had to make sure I was in the library. I was in college. I went to Old Miss And I would, would, so I had to have my library, my laptop open in the library because it was the fastest internet at the time. And it had a firewall. And as long as my laptop was open, people could, you know, I was hosting my music. So what I would do is every day I would type in a different artist. Let's say the first day was James Taylor. A hundred results would come up and I would send uh, each of those unique users a message saying, Hey, I noticed you like James Taylor. Why don't you try this kid out named Josh Kelly? You're going to love him. (laughs) and I did it a hundred times a day. Every day was a new artist. Next day was like Dave Matthews. Hey, I noticed you like Dave Matthews, man, you're going to love this kid named Josh Kelly. He's killer. And, and I did it and I knew it was going to work. And within a week, I didn't have to have my laptop open anymore to host my music because I already had thousands and thousands of people were now hosting it for me.
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
2: it was crazy. And so about, about three months in one of the recipients sent me a message back and said, Hey, you know, who is this kid? I really like this. And I said, well, it's actually me. I'm just trying to get my music out there. And he goes, well, I'm an A&R guy for Hollywood Records and I'd love to talk to you tomorrow. And um, so I I gave him my number and kind of thought maybe it was BS. And he called me the next day and and, um, you know, I had I think it was Hollywood Records and Aware Records at the time. They were all kind of courting me. And uh, ultimately, I went with Hollywood. So, I mean, you know, to, that's a long way around the, <laughs> the question. But, yeah, I, I rely on the Internet. Um, always have. I promote, you know, everything that way. And um, uh, sometimes also satellite radio. Like I did a cover of Mandolin Rain Loved it. Uh, back in like yeah. 2016 or whatever. And yeah. The Highway took it on and it became their number one requested song of that year. So I just kind of do... I just I just I will tell you this, I'm I'm better now than I've ever been. And I, I think I probably I probably started getting where I think I'm really good in about two thousand fourteen when for lack of better word for lack of better words, I just stopped giving shit. I literally just stopped caring what people thought, stopped caring about, you know, I just got to this place where where, you know, if I, if I, if it feels good to me, if it sounds good to me, then it's good. And then I just believe in it and it made the live shows better. It made the records better. And so that's kind of how I, I'm, I make my money, you know, through publishing and touring. And mm-hmm. um, so really, I mean, I think we're going to try to get back on a major label again. Right now I'm on universal, but it's, I'm not, it's not the major label. Um, part of yeah. it. And I think, yeah. I think we're ready as a team where we're like, I think we're going to make that push to get back on that major label again. But I kind of wanted to get everything in order first, you know, like the perfect team that all believers. Um, and that's, I think that's what I've got now.
0: Did you feel like making your last record was cause I feel like of all the records that I've listened to, this one feels the most personal to me. Yeah, this is one, this one's pretty daggone personal. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot has
2: happened over the last. I mean, since the last the last record was personal too, um, uh, New Lane Road. I, you know, yep. a, a lot of my hardcore fans are like that's their favorite record by far, and okay. and they were really pleased when I put this one out because it's because it still has that unique me feel. And um, yeah, this one's really personal. And you know, we it was the first time that my wife had you know, ever been pregnant. We have two daughters, but they're, you know, we've adopted two little girls and, and then little junior kind of came out of nowhere. (laughs) And so there was a lot of emotional things to, to go through, to learn. Um, You know, uh, you almost kind of like fall back in love. It's the newness of going through pregnancy and everything. Um, There's just a different level that i that I kind of experienced. And so, yeah, it's a very personal record. Yeah.
0: My, my wife who is a big country music person. So she reminded me cause I always tell her who I'm going to have on, uh, on the podcast. And sometimes she's, she's like, Oh, really cool. Um, and other times she's like, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> but, um, and it's mostly the, the latter one. Um, but she was like, Oh yeah, I know his song, Georgia clay. And I'm like, Oh, cool. It, because she's a country music fan. And I'm like, really? um, and so I didn't realize that you kind of did a little, little, little bit on, on the country thing. Was that, it was kind of unintentional to be honest okay. with you.
2: Yeah. Okay. It, you know, I actually originally tried to get a country deal when I was doing the Napster stuff. Um, and I got turned down by universal, uh, by, I think it was universal. I can't remember who it was. Um, and so we basically amazing used to be that my first, like my big hit there used to, it used to be sort of a bluegrass song. Like baby, you're amazing. Oh, really? Instead of now it's like, so they, we just changed the production and made it pop.
0: <laughs> so here's what you need to do. You need to do what Sturgill is doing and, and taking all of your old songs and turning it into bluegrass. I know that's so cool. He's, he's a beast. Isn't he? Yeah. I love it's, him. I love his he's stuff. Great. He's great. Yeah, new record. Because let's not let's not dwell on my baby in the band. Yeah, so maybe it's my place in life with my kids getting older that you know songs like "Busy Making Memories" are hitting me because I I realize that you know kids are growing up; they're on their way out. I've got a daughter in college, and wow, making me feel old. Um, So when (laughs) so, so when you sing some of those earlier songs when you were single and kids didn't seem like, you know, we're part of the equation. Does it does it seem strange to sing some of those songs now?
2: No, because I mean it's a just a it's it's a part of my journey. And uh, I mean I think when I think a lot of artists um, don't give their audience enough credit. They're really smart. They can tell when you're full of crap. And that's why I try to write songs that meet that, that have a real meaning to me, because you know, there's been times over the years when I'm in Nashville and you're sitting in a cubicle and you're trying to write to, to other people about something that you don't even know anything about. It's like if you're an investor, you're not going to invest in something you don't know anything about. You know, so I, I could just always tell that my fans are like, you know, they don't know why they feel the way they feel about a song. They just, I think they feel that it's just a, it's just a gut feeling. Like this, he doesn't, he doesn't mean this, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I'd actually. You know, I I just learned that over the years, like, just write about what you know. Um, So it it doesn't affect the shows at all. And and actually, some of those earlier songs are so fun. And there's, you know, there's a song called Masterpiece that's like basically just me, like, trying to get my girl into bed. It's like, it still holds up. You know, it's funny. It's stupid. I I do some Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's kind of in the middle of it. You know, it's like, I like I said, in 2014, when I stopped giving a crap, the shows became like real shows, like a yeah. real variety show. And I now I've just, I crave it.
0: Which now we can't
2: do any <laughs> oh. It's such a bummer, man. I was on a roll like right before this hit. Um, my tour was like 80% of it was sold out. And I had just done nice. New York, Boston and Philly came back home, which is supposed to be a five days off. And then the all 60, the last 60 shows got canceled. So it's, you know, I, if if I, I'm a pretty positive guy, so I will look at the positives. I've actually learned a lot during this pandemic, and so ultimately, these shows when they go back on sale, they're gonna be they're actually gonna be even better because I've got a bunch of new tricks up my sleeve.
0: <laughs> awesome, excellent. So, so with putting a record out during the pandemic, how how are you getting this out? Because I'm I'm assuming that the tour was supposed to be. The mm-hmm. way for you to promote all of these songs. And did did you even cut any vinyl for this one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. Okay. okay. I actually just um you gotta go to, go to my
2: Instagram account. You'll learn a lot about me. It's Josh B. Kelly. Okay. Yeah, I just I did a post the other day about going through the test pressing and and I want the, the test pressing came in and the songs were in the wrong order. They sound great. Uh, and so I, I had to send it back in, but um, no, it's, it sounds really, really great. I mean, I love the way that vinyl sounds, especially if yes. you have the right kind of system. Um, it's, it's almost like, it's like, it's like my preference when I watch a movie that was shot on film. I mean, it, it's just so much more magical and, you know, it's almost like you feel like it's a little, like it's not achievable. And, and, yeah. And when you watch things shot in 4K and all that, you know, that looks like, well, maybe I could do that. You know, like <laughs> I really feel that way. And so that's why I have a whole shack dedicated to
0: vinyl. All right. So so, so tell us about the shack. This sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, it, it actually happened this year. And my wife is a she's a very good painter and all this. And so she was trying to get away from us. And so she wanted her own. Like she shed to be able to yeah. paint and without without having to listen to all the kids and even me, um, so I got on Craigslist, started looking for things like that, and ended up finding myself something. I found this like eight by twelve foot shack for four hundred dollars. So I went with my buddy and we used a tractor to put it on my trailer and I trailered it up here, built a foundation for it, and then I'm still working on it. But it's I've been um, basically turned it into like this really cool man cave. Um, I put insulation in there and like flooring and like this really cool rugs. I mean, it looks like I have to send you pictures of it. You'll die okay. when you see it. Right. But so my wife and I, we could go in there every night with a cocktail, and listen to records. And it's called Porcupine Shack because we were listening to um, Porcupine Pie, uh, Neil Diamond's song, Porcupine Pie. Okay. All right. <laughs> and we just, which is one of the most ridiculous songs ever, and uh, we decided to call it Porcupine Shack. Love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fun.
0: Yeah, the reason why I was asking. So today I was listening to um, your song "Hold Me, My Lord," mm-hmm. and I'm like, this would sound amazing on vinyl. Mm. It
2: sounds really good. I, I was a little bit worried too because you know when when we mix for for digital, we yeah. mix. Uh, a little hot um, typically, you know, back, you know, over the years, but I've started over the last probably two, three years um, mixing a little quieter, you know, like just give okay. people, give people the opportunity to turn their own volume knob up. You know what I mean? Cause you start to lose dynamics and luckily we mixed this record perfect for vinyl. Um, and I didn't have to go through and, and redo it. Cause usually you have to go through the record and, and remaster it so that you don't so the needle doesn't start to pop off the daggone record you know sounds great
3: Hold me, hold me, hold me with your loving. All that I need is you to hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold
0: me, hold me, come about with uh so so the song is with the all voices choir. So how did that uh how did that song come about? Cuz I don't have you done a gospel no. song like this before? No,
2: it came out of nowhere, man. I mean, there's a little bit of me that believes in sort of the mystical, like there's something out there sometimes. It's like probably trying to reach a bunch of people and maybe I just lifted my sails up by accident, you know? Yeah. And um that's happened to me with that song and it happened to me with um busy making memories like I don't know where this stuff came from these lyrics um the hold me my lord my wife was doing a Netflix series in Vancouver uh the beginning of this year she was finishing the show and so I went up to visit her and there was this piano in the place she was staying at and I just literally out of nowhere just started playing these gospel chords and so I actually have footage of she because I told her I was like honey come over here and record this with your phone so I don't forget it (laughs) And then when I got home, I started putting the rest of it together musically and then the first words out of my mouth were uh sing down the sun shine down your song and then from there on out it just started unraveling itself. Okay. Um so yeah, it's it, I have never written I mean I grew up around gospel music big time in Augusta, Georgia and I used to play with um James Brown's band. His band had a side project. So I used to play with them. So I mean, I was around nice. gospel music all the time. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. Yeah, Wayne, fun did you make. get did you get a chance to listen to the record?
1: Uh, a little bit. Yeah, Wayne, I really didn't Wayne
0: doesn't care. I'm nah. <laughs> just kidding, Wayne. I'm messing with you. Dude. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm a sucker for a good love song, and there there are some good ones on on the record. I I got to say, you and I is probably my favorite tune on the record really yeah i I love it i wouldn't have thought that that's amazing um we should do a top 10 list wayne of favorite songs with the title you and i (laughs) Uh,
2: there's probably so many of them
0: there there's a lot there's lady gaga yeah okay
2: doesn't jason mraz
0: have one i i think his is you and me both oh never mind what It's close It's close Um No, Wilco and Feist have a, have a song with that title And then, of course, Eddie Rabin, Crystal Gale Stevie Wonder has one Oh, yeah Anyways Um So I'm going to put that, that song on my top ten list
3: <laughs> um, In the darkest night Like a lighthouse in the distance You ain't hard to find When you shine your light on me I'm alive And I don't know that
0: All right, so for a song like that, like you mentioned with Hold Me My Lord, that that started on piano. Do you have a preference of starting songs on piano or guitar or does it does it just whatever you know, the cosmos uh determines? It used to be whatever
2: the cosmos determined, but but and, and and actually well it used to be more guitar. I would start songs on guitar first, but over the years I've gotten so much better at piano, I've just kind of I pushed myself to get better and uh, even this pandemic has made me a lot better. I started learning songs. I learned Sir Duke um, uh, this nice. year. It was something that's, I wanted to tough. learn. It's so hard. It took me yeah. a while to learn that, but it made me better. And so now I've started, I've gotten to this pl- weird place where um, I actually really like the vibe that the, the inversions of chords on the piano can bring to my ears and it, I get yeah. a little more inspiration from that. So I, I usually start with music first, you know, I feel like everything starts with a feeling for me. Um, and then as far as lyrics is concerned, um, that usually is secondary for me. Um, because before I, I was, you know, decent at at writing lyrics, I just really only cared about the music anyway. Mm -hmm. And, um, so as long as the vibe feels right, then I, then I'm like, okay, well let's figure out what this, this, what what this music wants to talk about you know
0: yeah yeah all right uh you make a reference to the night they drove old dixie down in your song yeah the title title song my baby in the band so when when did you discover the band
2: so i discovered the band let's see i it was actually after i'd gotten my first record deal i got my first record deal um moved to los angeles like an idiot um but I moved there, and well, not like an idiot, really. I mean, honestly, I met some of the most influential people in my life. But so what happened is, once I had kind of formed a band that I was really playing with a lot, um, my piano player, who I actually wrote a ton of songs with, uh, Davey Aiden, he introduced me to the band. Uh, there was one day I was like cooking out at my place, and he goes, "I was like, what should we watch?" He goes, "Dude, we got to watch The Last Waltz." And so mm-hmm. we watched The Last Waltz, and and literally right after that, we started incorporating a lot of the band songs into our set. Um, And um, so he's the one who introduced me to the band and Jackson Brown and so many great. I mean, there's, there was a lot I was exposed to as a kid, but if my parents or my brother and my sister weren't listening to it, I didn't know about it, you know? Um, So the band, yeah, immediately I just went down the rabbit hole.
0: (laughs) So what what were some of the songs that you guys did as a as a band in those early days? Well, we called so my
2: it was jo- my band called themselves the Wait. Okay. So so we would do that. We would do um, up on Cripple Creek. Um, the night they drove Old Dixie down, I think those were the three we mainly did. Okay. You know, there was there were songs we would play on the tour bus, you know, like goofing around. But as far as live's concerned, um, it was mainly up on Cripple Creek and then the Wait.
0: So yeah, I so I've never seen you live. Um, you yeah. probably need to come to Orlando more often. That's probably I will.
2: Fun. You know what? I actually don't play in Florida enough, um, and I've, I've been trying to. Um, we're going to start trying to really build a fan base there. I've never had a big fan base in Florida for some reason. I don't know why.
0: All right. Well, we'll we'll chat offline. I'll I'll help you with the. Uh, Please I'll do. You, I'll help you with some promotion. There's some good places down here to play. Would love to. Yeah. Um, but I would say based off of me knowing your first two records, like I don't get a band vibe to those first two records. I know. I but know. but when I listen to this, like the first time I I listened to to your to your new record was just after listening to the band. And so the first two songs out of the gate on your record, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally hear <laughs> that. Like, like you've got, you've got the, the, the really, um, I don't, what would, we don't could, need the money. Is it the first yeah, one? That, yeah. We, we don't need, need the, money. the money.
3: Have a million dollar and, a day.
0: And you kind of have that, that whole bass, um, groove going on for those first two songs.
2: That's how I wrote the song. I literally wrote it with the bass guitar doing that. Uh, Boo-do-do. Yeah. Ah, doo. do 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 you know, it's just like it started off on bass and uh, and which is pretty rare I don't usually start a song yeah. with the bass guitar it just happened to be in my hand you know and, and I was playing the riff and next thing I was like
3: well, yo daddy
2: you know yeah so just random.
0: Let's jump into the record that we're going to talk about. So, oh yeah. Usually, I give my guests the the opportunity to pick the record, and I think your your PR person probably picked it for you because she was like, "This would be a great idea."
2: She didn't. She actually didn't. I oh, picked two okay. records. I picked two records. No, I actually picked three, and she poo pooed one of them. And then I thought, and then there, there was Phoenix Alphabetical, which I love that record. Okay. Um, and then I think we, I think, and and I sent her the band, and then I, I, I did she make decision? I thought you guys did.
0: No, I think I think she said, "What would you think about?" Because his record is "My Baby in the Band." Oh,
2: that's why she did. She's that little turd.
0: because i I could have talked about any record i mean you know did i just throw i I didn't mean to throw her under the bus she's awesome by the way she is no she is really awesome okay i have
2: i have the best team i'm telling you you know i have the best i don't know if i'm scared to try to get another major label deal because i love what we got right now
3: yeah i mean we're
2: moving the needle big time and and i feel like financially i'm 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 doing better than when I was on a record label. So anyway, let's not go there. But <laughs> so,
0: Yeah. So, so besides Phoenix, what what else would you have thought about? Uh, I think let – me, let me think. I, I think it was Stevie Wonder Intervisions. There's uh, that record.
2: There was um, – God, I can't remember. I mean, I think I was like – I think I was already like three bourbon and ginger ales in when she asked me, and I was probably in the shack. So who knows how many yeah. – the crap that I was thrown at her. I don't even <laughs> – I mean we we could we could do one a week for for like seven years.
0: <laughs> we'll have you back to do a Stevie Wonder record. That, oh that's
2: my that's literally like my biggest uh that's where my probably my biggest influence is Stevie Wonder. Yeah. We we
0: were we just celebrated our hundred and fiftieth episode and we were talking Wayne and I were talking about bands that we still haven't done an episode for. So Stones, Pink Floyd. What else did we say, Wayne? That we haven't done. Um, we've only done one Prince.
1: Yeah, uh, bes- the Rolling Stones one still baffles me. Yeah,
0: so I, I that is amazing.
1: Actually, yeah,
2: that. that is baffling. I would yeah. have never thought that. It's interesting.
0: And, and we've only done one Beatles episode. What? Yeah, yeah. that's it.
2: That is yeah. so crazy. Well, you, just, you never know what you know. People are influenced by. We haven't done any Eagles which wow. uh, I think the, what about Jackson
1: Brown? Two Jackson Browns.
2: Oh, Jackson Brown. That's my jam. you got to hear, if you listen to my, I have a, a covers record that I did and the whole thing started, the whole covers record even started because I started, um, uh, I, 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 cause I love Jackson Brown. I was covering these days and yes. then my wife was yeah. like, why don't you do another one? And then I started, I next thing you know, I literally had just, I produced a whole covers record in like two weeks cause I, cause I just loved these songs. You know, anyway, I, I, I probably need ADD medication. You'll see that go <laughs> off topic like, like it's my J-O-B, dude. It's,
0: it's all good. Yeah, I was listening to that uh, last week. Um, I really liked your your uh, Genesis cover.
2: Oh, Earth. thanks, Hot dude.
0: My Hold my heart, yeah. yeah that was good. Yeah. yeah, I love that song. I will say I didn't like your cover of Died in Your Arms, though.
2: <laughs> no, you know what? I don't think that I liked it either. <laughs> um, I just, it just, we needed. I think that sort of that last song on the record. I even remember when I was mixing, and I was like,
0: "Ugh." Yeah. But, but I'm also not, I'm also not a big fan of that song in general. I just died in yeah. tonight. It just yeah, did, it doesn't do much for
2: me. Even with acoustic guitar, it still doesn't feel right, does it?
0: Uh, <laughs> no, no. I'm with you. No, I'm.
2: I'm really like dead serious. I'm with you on that. That's like the one I don't really even listen to that one.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I didn't offend you with that. No. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get info on this uh this record. So this okay. Uh, this is the band, yep. and the studio album is also called the I band
2: mean, uh, or the brown album or the brown album.
0: Sometimes people refer to that. Uh, released in September of 1969. And some say that it's viewed as a concept album. Do you guys view this as a concept album?
1: Um, there is a, there is a, there is a Southern, you know, rural South kind of feel to every song in some way or another. Yeah. I think, I think
2: it, I mean, it can be if you, if you're thinking about, you know, the concept of writing about like, um, you know, like, sometimes like fictional characters, they, you know, I feel like Robbie would just come up with something cool, you know, like just, you know, talking about the civil war and or, or talking about like some man in the ocean or, uh, or a dude telling his, telling a young kid, like he would just come up with these little scenarios, yeah. um, which honestly, you know, going back through this, this, this record, I started, I, I realized like, man, I want to do some more like storytelling, like, you know, an old man in a shoe or something, you know, it's like, I, to me, that's what makes it kind of a concept record, um, and I think yeah. that it's vibe. But I don't—I don't know. I think maybe it toes the line.
0: Yeah, I—I I would say if you're viewing this as a concept record, I, I feel like it's more like a Woody Allen movie, because mm-hmm. um, you've got snippets of different characters being introduced in each of the songs. Yeah. What? Yeah what do you guys think on so robbie robertson who is um the 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 main main writer the main guitarist he's the main writer but he doesn't he doesn't do any of the 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 main vocals you you hear him in the backing vocals but yeah um do you find that interesting that he's he's the guitarist and writing most of the songs but yet he's leaving it to you know, he's leaving it to, to Rick Danko and... Lee I think Va- that's oh. the producer in him.
2: You know, I yeah. think that he... I think, yeah, I think it was always like, whatever's going to serve the good of the song. And, you know, you've got... Uh, Levon's voice is just like... I mean... It's great. You know, I started <laughs> off as a drummer. My mom was a drummer. And so I'm, Levon is my, one of my favorite drummers ever. Levon and Stevie Wonder are my favorite drummers ever. And, um, and um, I think his voice, just something about that. So, is Richard's voice, super unique. Danko's voice super unique, you know I know that Robbie did take all the all like the really unique high harmonies and that's that's when if mm-hmm. you I don't know if you've ever listened to the um, or watched the classic albums documentary, I watch all of those. Um, they did classic albums did one on this record and I um, have not watched that one. Oh, oh check oh, that dude out. Go, l- take a deep dive. okay this is actually one of the better ones. There's a great one on Genesis too. There's a great one on there's a great one on everybody. I don't I don't know what that company is. I just know that the whole their whole things series is called Classic Album.
0: The one for Peter Gabriel so
2: is that that is one's amazing, amazing. amazing. I yeah. love that one. But the one on the band is great, and you learn you learn a lot about them. And it's been years since I've watched it, but um, you really do learn a lot about them. I think they're all on like Quello now or something.
0: Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll to go check that out. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't I don't view Robbie's voice as very strong either. Like I do have his solo record which came out what 88, 89? eight, eighty
2: nine? I've actually never listened to it. Really? No, it. but I'm going to now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tonight in the Forky Fine Shack,
0: dude. It's it's really good. There are there are some um there are some uh performances by you two on that. I think they're on two or three of the, of the interesting. songs. Um, yeah. It's uh it's an interesting record for sure. And he took forever to put out his first solo record. Like I'm
2: sure he's, yeah, I'm sure he's such a like perfectionist and yeah, you know, it's, it's probably harder for him to actually put out a record, you know, that's just him than it was to do stuff with the band because you've got, you've got all these different ingredients that you get to put in to the mix where when you're doing it yourself and I can attest to this because now that I'm here in Utah, you know, and I'm literally like the only drummer here. I'm the only bass player around. I'm the only piano player. The only guitar. I'm really, yeah. seriously, the yeah. only, there's no one even to write with. Um, you do, you definitely do kind of get a little too close and too overcritical of your own stuff.
0: Yeah. There is no scene. Is, where i am there is yeah i had
2: a drummer come over here one time years ago okay and he did one take and i was like um he was like how's that i was like oh man it's so great dude honestly that's all i need thank you for coming and i and, and he left and immediately i re- replayed it i was like i can't believe that this is their top cat <laughs> like what in the world is happening
3: uh. so
2: yeah it is um Interesting. I've also gone off topic again.
0: Yeah, when I was there, there was really only one band, and I don't know if you know the band Clover. No, I don't. Yeah. So that that was but that I was it. To. That was it. That was the only band there. Now, when I left, you know, there was there were some interesting bands around BYU area, like Imagine Dragons comes from BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they won the Battle of the Bands there, and you know. That is hilarious. Kind of catapulted from there, but there was no scene while I was there. So, I, I no, feel you. there still isn't. I yeah, I feel you. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Let's get let's get to it. Oh, uh, okay. last uh, last couple things uh, that I want to say as far as background info. So, we talk about the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Wayne all the time. Um, this was in 2003 and then in 2012 the list this was ranked number 45 on the list and of course in the updated list of 2020 it's now ranked 57th
2: interesting well also too you know just like netflix is making it to where people are discovering you know shows that have came and went but you know it has a whole new audience now the same thing is happening because of the internet um these young kids are getting exposed to some really great music if they yeah. want to
0: be. If they want to be. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. On the charts back in the day peaked at number nine on the Billboard huh. pop albums chart. So, That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. All right. There were a couple singles. We'll talk about those as we go through this. All right. As a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on the band?
1: Twelve.
0: So that means our top song is going to get 12 points. Next favorite song, 11 points, on down to lowest score of one. So let's kick this off with. Interesting. Across the Great Divide. Okay. They waste they waste no time in getting into the music and singing. Is that is that a good way to start a record by telling your girl to put the pistol down and not to shoot you? <laughs> you know, I don't
2: I, I don't know. I think um, I mean it certainly is a good leadoff song yeah. for sure. You know, and I think that it's very relatable. I think uh, a lot of I think a lot of people, and especially at that time, a lot of men where, you know, we're trying to kind of break out of the old school norm and try to figure out if they, you know, like, why settle down? I, I, why not keep pursuing my dreams kind of thing? I mean, I feel like part of the song is about that at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah, Wayne, what do you got on this one?
1: Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a sense that he he was, I don't know. I mean, I think at that time, pressure is is the right word to – to get married and have kids. And that clearly wasn't, you know, he wanted to obviously play pinball and hustle yeah. the ladies. And, and like I say, to keep doing it, even though you've, he's kind of living in both worlds. And uh, Molly is clearly not happy about that. And, and I loved, I, I guess my favorite part, because he goes along and he never really apologizes. He just kind of explains himself. And then, but my favorite line is where he, he says, you know, hey hun, what you done with the gun. Like neither one <laughs> of them have accepted this. And so he needs to know where that pistol is just exactly. Just yeah. you gotta keep that kind of thing in front of you. Yeah. But I uh, what great. I love about the band is the way they they have this looseness that it, it this seems completely live-tracked. Like they just the way they sound, I can't see this being being done separately. They just no have such a, a, loose feel like they, they fit all together, but with this really great, loose live feel.
2: That's Levon on for you, man. I'm telling you right now, like between him and Garth, that, that is the key is his, like his, his Southern, um, what did my, what did my drummer call it? Um, you know, like the, this, this almost this swing feel but it's like a dirty preacher swing feel like it's yeah. hard to recreate unless you've got it in your bones and I think yeah they definitely cut all of this stuff live. What a great feel you know that he has
0: And had. I would say this. so so because I typically do a little bit of a deep dive on on the bands that uh, maybe I'm not super familiar with like I knew the first two band records like those are canon. But all mm-hmm. the other ones are not, I don't know, that there's always been mixed opinions on the subsequent records. So the last couple of days, I've been listening to a few of those records. Today, I was listening to the live album, Rock of Ages. Cool. They don't miss a beat from the studio to the live performance. Like, yeah. it sounds the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, I think they sang a lot of it live, too. Well, actually, I don't even have to think that, because if you watch that documentary, you'll see. That you they know, did? I mean, okay. sometimes they overdub some stuff, but mostly Levon's stuff had to be tracked live, because his. everybody thinks it's hard to sing and play drums. It actually makes you play better, and it makes you sing better when you're playing drums. Huh. So he, they, he cut all his stuff together on like an SM58, which is so cool, you know? And so that's why... You know, their live shows translated so well, the, the records, and it's the same damn thing. It's like, yeah, you know, where like with me, a lot of times, I've had people that like my live shows better than the records because, you know, there's that looseness that you don't get when you're trying to create things on a damn grid, you know? Right, right.
0: <laughs> uh, so I think we need to also talk about who's going to be singing on some of these songs. So this one is sung by Richard Manuel. Um, yes. Who he does everything like uh, I was looking at his credits on this. So he plays piano, drums, baritone, mm-hmm. saxophone, harmonica. Um, and then Rick Danko and Levon helm also do some of the vocals on this record as well. So you've yeah. got, you've got some, some three, and they're very distinct voices, I think. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. that Like Richard's got that, that like, like his heart is broken every time he
0: opens yes. his mouth, you know, yeah. and it's,
2: it's crazy. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, should we get some scores? We ready okay. Of course. Yeah. Wayne, what do you got on this one?
1: Uh, 10. It's a great story. And like I said, I love, I love the title. Um, the great divide, no matter how close these two get they're they're fundamentally worlds apart.
0: Yes. I like that as well. Uh, this is my eleven. And then Josh, your score? Uh, Mine would be seven, right? That would be seven, yes. Yeah, mine is seven. All right. Next one is Rag Mama Rag.
3: Rag Mama Rag. Rag.
0: You guys know that this was a single. I
2: I, I did I oh, yeah. I didn't know until um until yesterday in the chat when I I, I did a little bit of research on the song and yeah I was like, had no idea that that, that that was a single.
0: Me neither because there are three songs on this record that definitely get some play on the uh, the 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 rock the classic rock stations. Yeah, and I thought that this was interesting. This was a single I'd never heard it. Um, or remembered that I heard it cause I, I've, I've listened to this record in the past, but, um, yeah. Uh, Wayne, what do you got on rag mama rag?
1: Um, you know, they, I like I say, they have a unique sound because in lots of ways, they, some of these songs could almost, you could almost see them as like these hundred year old folk tales, but at the same, but the same song can almost has this, you know, the beginning of alt country. In it mm-hmm. there there is something rock and blues and totally and this one has a, and like say the piano really gets that ragtime feel yeah. and the drumming stands out lyrically there were some times when i when i was reading it that i i, I i'm pulling out your gag ask about your turtle like i don't know <laughs> in many ways what he's saying ah. but ultimately the the chorus just sounds like just please shut up
2: yeah
0: yeah pretty much
2: yeah yeah i mean if you if you if you kind of look you ask any of your friends or if you look around the internet and see there you know a lot of people are saying sort of the same thing um i like i like the one that somebody said like it's about a like a hapless country bumpkin boy who can't control his lady or something you know but (laughs) but yeah then you got levon saying it's like you know i think his explanation was about me trying to get this girl back home you know and I, I don't know. I also think it's just one of those songs. There's a lot, there's a, there's songs that don't have to have some deep meaning too. You know, they just feel good.
1: I think it's this like, one just
2: feels yeah. cool and it's kind of loose and loose interpretation. And um, I think it's definitely about sex, though. Like, I mean, yeah. that's rosin up the bow. I mean, that's gotta be.
0: That's gotta. That's yeah. gotta
2: point in that direction, right?
0: <laughs> there's 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 a few songs on this album that uh, have a little innuendo oh yeah absolutely oh yeah yeah for sure let's see what what else did i want to say oh and this is Levon on the lead yes list. and singing at oh, the yeah. same time and, and it's
2: garth playing that 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 sort of ragtime feel and that's what yeah. that's what makes this song this song is garth like doing his thing man uh, nobody else oh, yeah. in the band can play like that he's the he's definitely like the the virtuoso for sure and i actually think you know, it, you know, if I'm allowed to say this or not, he's definitely on the spectrum. You know,
0: yeah, there's no doubt. No, I, 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 my oldest son is on the spectrum, so yeah, I can, I can see that. He's like a
2: mad genius. You got to watch that documentary. I'm going to probably say it a hundred more times. It's going to, okay. it's going to show you guys so much. It's crazy.
0: And and the Garth that we're referring to is Garth Hudson, yeah. who. No, I'm looking at his credits for this album.
2: So, sax, piano, organ, violin, I
0: mean fiddle. I mean, yeah. he's a beast. Clavinet.
2: Yep. Um, yeah. And he played, by the way, sorry to keep going. He played, he would play the organ with his right hand and the clavinet with his left hand at the same time during the recording <sighs> process. I mean, that takes like I don't even know how to, how do you separate your brain into two places to be able to do that? Because you would have to. It's just
0: a mad genius, right. man. I, I yeah. can't. I can't. I'm already, <laughs> I'm already scatterbrained. Me too. Yeah. All right. Let's get scores. Wayne, mm-hmm. what do you got? Eight. I have eight as well. And I feel bad for my score. It's a four. I ran out of big numbers. Um, all right. Next song, the night they drove old Dixie Down. All right. Ooh. This is, this is staple. This yeah. is classic rock staple. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Did you guys realize that this was not a single?
2: I mean, I can't believe no. it. Yeah.
0: I, this was the, I didn't know that. This was the B-side of Up on Cripple Creek. Really? Really. Yeah.
1: I remember hearing this as long as I've been listening to the radio.
0: Is it because everybody else and their dog has, has covered this? Like Joan Baez did a did a cover of this. She 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 got it on the the Hot 100 charts. Yeah, peaked at number three. Yeah, in 1971.
2: We listened to her cover of it a couple weeks ago. Actually, in the shack, it's 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 definitely really good. You know, but there's nothing like the original when it comes to this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and like I said, everybody's done it. Uh, Charlie Daniels Band has a great cover of it. Black Crows. I haven't listened to that one. Wayne. You're the black crows guy. Have you heard that cover?
1: I have, um, on their, it's on their live. Okay. You know, they're one of their big live records. I've never,
0: called. I never heard their version. That's cool. Here are some other people who have done it. Zach Brown band. Th- that one's on one of his live records. Um, here's the one that okay. made me scratch my head. Sophie B Hawkins has read has, has covered the song. Huh? huh. Now, oh, now I want to go check that out. Um, I do too. <laughs> Who's Who's Virgil? Is this Is this a, just a fictional
1: character that they made
2: up? Yeah, I think it's a fictional character, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's a southern. He's the the.
1: He's the like a, the final days yeah, of the civil like a war. Every man. The the thing about this song is like I the, all the historical accuracy gives it this this hundred year old folktale feel to it. But what I love about Lee, Levon's vocal delivery is there's really no. Uh, overt emotion as far as he's not happy or sad. He's not this, you know, rebel, you know, uh, there's, it it just has this, this matter of fact nature to it. Um, And particularly the verse about his brother. I mean, his brother died. He was killed by a Yankee. It's all very matter of fact. And I think that helps put it into this perspective of everybody on the ground in a war loses not there's no blue or gray winners yeah. young men die uh, towns are ripped apart train tracks are torn up you you have to do what you have to do to survive it's no there are no winners and I think that somehow that comes through in this song
0: and and if you yeah. were in general awesome. Sherman's path the uh- cities were burned down to a crisp yeah
2: yeah is that is that why they said that you know but they never should have taken the very best is that is that the part about his brother um so, you know like I, I i don't mind chopping wood don't care if the money's yeah, no good you can take what you need but a yankee the
1: laid money. him in his grave yeah. i swear by the mud yeah. below my feet you can't raise yeah. a can, uh, you can't raise a cane back up when he's, he's in defeat. defeat. Yeah. It's just like I say, the way his delivery is so matter of fact. Like it's not he's not outraged that they killed his brother. It's it was war, yeah. and young men die in war. That's the number one rule.
2: It's interesting. It's almost like he's alluding to the fact he's about to talk to his brother. It never should have taken the very bit. I don't know. You know, it's it, I, mean, I tell you what, man, Robbie. What a cool writer, oh yeah, I mean, what a unique, cool writer and i and I know you know, listening to interviews years ago, you know, from like bob dylan and and george harrison they they were like in awe of, of the band, but and especially Robbie, they were just like,
0: you know this guy is very unique, I think he might be on the spectrum as well, <laughs> <laughs> he probably is
2: we might all
0: be a little yeah. Bit. No, I, I, I get that. I get that for sure. And of course, there's a reference to um, Dukes of Hazard in this too. No, I'm just kidding. With the, Robert, the Robert E. Lee reference. No, never mind. Uh, Dukes of Hazard came many years later. Don't at me about that comment. All right. Um,
2: it could also be the drove old Dixie down. Is like when I'm drinking beer in a Dixie cup and I'm driving that beer down. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It could be it as well. The night I drove Old Dixie down too far.
0: Uh, anyway. I feel like Toby Keith needs to do a mashup now.
2: Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. All
0: right. Um, Wayne, what do you got for a score?
1: Oh, this is my favorite song, 12. Yeah, this is my top song
0: as well. And then Josh. Uh, let me see. What was it on mine?
2: Um, no, it's uh, it's it's my second.
0: So that would be 11, 11. right? Yeah. All right. Next is When You Awake. Just realizing I wrote zero notes on this song, probably because it's not hugely memorable for me. Wayne, what do you got on this one? I, I got some on it okay. too. Yeah,
1: to me, um, there was only one song on this record that I didn't like. Um, everything else was just a variation on how much I liked it. The one thing that did stand out to me, I guess, on this one, as far as why my score is lower, is the organ. It felt... Uh, it. It, it didn't seem to fit with uh, this kind of sit on the front porch with a banjo and a guitar, kind of talking yeah. about grandparents, you know, and your and your life as a as a kid. So the organ just felt out of place.
2: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying on that. It's it's definitely pretty. I, it, it definitely seemed like the production was an afterthought. I mean, I do like the idea of the song about you know, giving this young boy advice and, um, and you know, this is a, this is a cruel world and you're going to learn it soon enough. You better learn it now kind of thing. Um, uh, I, I, you know, you can't really tell who Ollie is. I don't know, but, um, but no, it's a very cool song, but it's, it's further down on my list as well. And I, I imagine it probably would be on a lot of people's, um, but it's definitely a cool song. Um, and this, this was written by Richard, um, and Robbie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that I'm with you, Wayne, on the on the the organ being too far up in the mix. What I found kind of interesting was on some songs, I feel like they they really spent a lot of time on the production. Other times, they didn't, and that's definitely prevalent. Like I listened to Cahoots this week. I don't know if you guys listened to that record. It's the uh, two records after this one. There's some really, I haven't in a while. Yeah, there's some really interesting production stuff. Like I, I feel like maybe Robbie wasn't as involved on the production on that one. That
2: probably Maybe not. he should have been. And it may not have been Garth playing the organ either. You know, you never. Yeah. It, it depends. Uh, I, I actually would like to go through and figure out who's playing what on this song. But I mean, I do like the fact. I mean, I have three children, and and. I'm definitely say different things. I'm going to say different things to my girls. I'm going to say to my little boy when he gets older. And I feel like there is a lot in this song, you know, that, that would be, you know, how you would, how you would talk to a headstrong boy, you know, about, you know, be careful that you're not a know-it-all, you know, be careful yeah. uh, which direction that you choose. Um, because this is, this world is, will, you know, chew you and spit you out. So, yeah it's it's a really cool song i do love the message it's not my favorite yeah all
0: right let's get scores josh what do you got
2: this was this would
0: be four all right wayne uh two and this is my three all right next is up on cripple creek oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Damn. All right, was released as a single, reached number twenty-five on the Hot 100. Um, this is Levon singing lead, and mm-hmm. of course, this was playing drums at the same time. Yeah. Um, this is in the Last Waltz. I guess I probably should yep. have done all the research of which songs on this record make it into the Last Waltz, but um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, um, there's some cool stuff going on in the background, though on this one
2: yeah and the production on this song is just it's like awesome. yeah so awesome I and mean, it's that it's that clav um it's that garth his left hand is playing the clav and his right hand is playing the organ and that clav part honestly it just makes the song to me you know i mean think about if they took that out if you had the files and you could take that out and you muted that completely different totally. song. totally yeah. yeah yeah
0: wayne what do you got on uh up on cripple creek
1: Well, and I haven't been kind to long haul truckers in a lot of our uh, musical reviews, Uh, (laughs) uh, but this is just a fun song. I mean, yeah, the guy is, he's got, you know, a wife in one part of the country and he's got, he's got Bessie. And how do you not love this girl? I mean, any girl who, who tears money up and throws it in your face and just laughs, laughs. I mean, unless even from the chorus, I mean, he doesn't have to speak. She defends me. I mean, he's. Yeah. He's out having fun with her when he's, when he, when he is there, they just have fun. And the song is just of just a good time. And i drunkard's the, dream yeah, the, it's, <laughs> and it feels like the building blocks for Southern rock. Like Ronnie totally. Van Zant was, was listening to this a lot in 1969.
2: Absolutely. I agree with that. I think, I think it's such a cool story. Um, and I wonder too, you know, if like, if Robbie, um, if he like if if these these characters that he kind of makes up if they're if they're people he's met before i'm sure you know that it's that they're built from not just from stories but probably personal experiences with people
1: yeah. oh yeah um,
2: cuz they're so cool and the lyrics are so i don't know man just like i said i love the way he tells a story <laughs> yep through the eyes of a damn truck driver i've never thought about doing that like that's it's awesome <laughs> yeah
0: all right this is my 10. Josh, what do you got?
2: This is my uh, 12. Right. This is
0: my favorite Some song. Wayne, your score?
1: 11. That's my second favorite song.
0: Nice. What is your favorite song? Uh, all right. Next song, Whispering Pines. i love this song this is um richard manuel on vocals yeah uh co-write manuel and robertson for this one uh,
2: yeah and robertson finished it yeah yeah it was a Man- manuel's uh i think uh went on went went dark halfway through the lyrics on this song or just in his life and went into like a pretty deep drug binge
0: all right so josh i'm I'm just going to spill the beans. Wayne and I didn't really like this song as much as you. So what I love, what what is it about this song that, that it it just gives me the feels, it gives
2: me the feels. It makes me, it, it, it it makes me, it makes me sad, but it's so pretty. And his vocal delivery is, you know, um, it's, 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 it's interesting because we live in a world now where, you know, people are on the voice or America's got talent and everybody's trying to sound, like just perfect and pure and without, and what, you know, there's imperfection in Manuel's voice. And it definitely, he's probably singing about himself. Obviously, it seems like that. And he's broken inside. I think, I think he's, you know, his struggles with drug addiction um, and loneliness and probably just massive depression. And you can just hear that. And then also musically, you know, where the chords go, um, is not typically where you would think that that they would go in in my favorite sections of the song, and so I just think that it's beautiful. It gives me the chills when I hear this yeah. song. Okay.
0: Um,
2: and if you and if you ever listen to this song over, um, you know, over some cinematic footage, you'll see why I love it. Okay. It's it's really yeah. It just it
0: breaks my heart. It sound, maybe it sounds too early seventies to me. Like it's, it's got a very Procol harem feel to it. Yeah. That's not my wheel. That's not my wheelbox. box. Um, you know, I think
2: that the documentary actually changed the way I feel about this song okay. because of the ways that um, the way that Levon talks about, I mean, he just about breaks down and, and starts crying. He's just, you know, about how, what a beautiful person he was and what a beautiful singer. And they, he, he kept on saying, when you got a singer like him, you know, you just you just, you feel like, um, uh, invincible. And so I think there was something too about, about the way everybody talked about him in this, that, um, brought me closer to him, uh, as far as the way, you know, somebody that I've never met before, obviously, but I feel, I felt like I had after that. And so that's why this one's higher up for
0: me was Richard Manuel was he the first one of the band to pass away I think so yeah, yeah. okay yeah he was yeah um and i i wrote down in my notes Wayne we uh, that i've got homework to do because i read that um Jacob Dylan and Liz Wright covered this really so i i need to go check that out you know what i'm going to cover
2: this daggum song i'm doing another <laughs> i'm doing another covers record cuz my manager's like She keeps on like freaking beating on my door, telling me to do it. And I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm earmarking my paper right now. This is what I'm doing. This is happening. I might even start the damn thing tonight.
0: There you go. All right.
2: (laughs) Glad to give you a little motivation there.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Thanks
2: guys. I really, I really needed that today. I've actually, that's my new thing. I go, Hey,
0: I really needed that
2: today. Whether somebody (laughs) said something
0: negative or positive to me. Yes. I say. <laughs> there you Love go. It. Love it. All right, Wayne. Any last thoughts on Whispering Pines?
1: Uh, like I say, most everything to this point has has been so much fun that I I I think this it got too serious too quick yeah. and um there's so much organ that it has almost a uh, church hymn feel.
0: Yeah. That's that's why Wayne has it at lower. He doesn't like the organ at all. Dang, <laughs> no, dang! No, no. You keep an organ away, away from Wayne. He <laughs> doesn't like the church. That's what it is. <laughs> um, all right. Do you guys feel like this is a good side Ander? Because this is the this is the last song on side A. Um. Maybe I should. I listen. actually do. Maybe I, I actually should do. listen to this as a record, as opposed to on Spotify. Um, maybe I would change no
2: there's something I actually think it's a great side ender because you know you have to get up and t- flip the record and and readjust the needle and it gives you time to really like absorb this song yeah. I think I actually love um, it, that's what I love about records actually it, it's something fun for me and like my team whenever we are going to press one you know t- which side ends you know to the end of side A it really actually it means a lot you wouldn't think it does, but it does.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, scores. Um, Wayne, we're going to piss Josh off with our scores. Uh, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is my one. Wayne? Ah, uh, same. All right. Oh, and, wow. And Josh, it's my 10.
1: Okay. My 10.
0: <laughs> Just for the record, Josh, Wayne and I usually don't agree on tops and, and lowest scores, so something's definitely wrong here whistle <laughs> all right it's a tough record to score to be honest you yeah. it really is yeah. it's not
2: it's not easy
1: absolutely
0: all right let's flip it over this is Jemima surrender. Oh, yeah. um this is Levon on lead vocals and he actually has co-writes on this one with with Robbie
2: uh, yeah there was a l- the little bit of uh debate whether I think Robbie like somehow took more of a percentage or something like that song I mean that, I think that's oh. just something somebody said I don't know if that's okay. if
0: that's true or not what is this song even about
1: uh, sexual desire right yeah well, besides that. And I- Besides that, I don't think there's anything besides that. Um, yeah, okay. This is uh, once again. This has a great southern rock feel. That boogie woogie piano and I yeah. and the and that electric guitar is what made Leonard Skinner. Um, I I did lower the score because the lyrics are so lascivious. I mean, they're they're completely over the top. Great word. Yeah, completely over the top. And I think because originally, because musically, I do love this song, and I and I had it much higher initially. But I think just listening to the to the lyrics over and over again, they're so, you know, gonna ride my canoe. Uh there's a there's then there's a reference to a fit to a, a fishing rod. So I mean he's like it's just they're just laying it on too thick and, and from beginning to end. And so I guess at some point it 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 just sometimes becomes too much.
2: Yeah. I I do like the uh there there is a part of it too that that I can see the visual because it's, it's what I used to do to try to get girls to come over to like, you know, when, when I was a college. Oh, oh yeah. I when he
1: says, daughter, uh, I'll bring my fender bring over. over. Yeah. yeah. That's why guys play guitar.
2: Totally. I mean, that's, I actually went to college on a golf scholarship. And when I realized when I was playing shows and realized I was getting, you know, more dates playing music than I was playing golf, I, <laughs> I immediately changed my focus. And that is what I used to do. I bring over my acoustic guitar and be like, you know, you know, come over to my place afterwards and there's something that there's the power in it, man.
0: <laughs> is that why Jake Owen, um, chose music instead of golf as well? Yeah.
2: Jake used to come to my shows back in the day. I know him really well. Yeah. Um, he, um, that's probably why, I don't know. You know, he's a good golf. He is a good golfer too. Yeah, we, yeah. uh, yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> we, we played in a tons of those pro-am celebrity pro-ams and stuff over the years. There's, there's like a million of them. Yeah. Um, and you could spend your whole year playing them. But when I got married and started having kids, my wife was like, unless you're going to go make money, you're not going to go to like 40 of those
0: a year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun time and you can't, get- is so fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and the, the one line that I've got, uh, I've got highlighted on this one. I can see Wayne totally using ain't no pretender. Want to see my tattoo? <laughs>
1: That's tattoos. Uh, yeah, and I just love it. the end, at, at the end, he even he, he nothing's working, so he just offers up a diamond ring.
2: Yeah, yeah. If I
0: were king, I'd fix you up with a diamond ring. Yeah, yeah. It's good. All right, this is my six. Josh, your score. This is my five. five. And then Wayne, six. All right. Next song, Rock. No, we were hair. all. We were all kind of close on that one. Yes, we were. <laughs> All right, rocking chair, Richard. Another Miguel. story, storytelling yeah, yeah. song. I like this one. Yeah, t- t- tell me about this one.
2: Uh, it's, a, it's an old English sailor, it's a, sort of got a, his desire to retire. Oh, that rhymes. Um, he wants to retire back to Virginia to sit on a porch with his buddy, Ragtime Willie.
3: Yeah,
2: um. Yeah, it's a cool song. I mean, honestly, I didn't rate it very high because I just don't really love the feel of it. But it's definitely lyrically pretty cool.
0: I was wondering if you gave it less points because it keeps pre- uh, pronouncing Virginia, Virginie.
2: Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's pretty funny, actually, though. I know. Old Virginia. Yeah. Um, I sound like one of those guys on Moonshiners. He's like, "Oh, Popcorn son." That's it. You know, yeah, it... To me, like I said earlier, you know, the way I write music, I, it's all about the mu- it's all about the music in the melody first, and then the lyrics yeah. really for me are second. As far as like writing the songs, not doesn't mean that the lyrics are less important. Um, but for me, this song, I think it's lyrically really cool. I just didn't, I just really, I usually skip over this one unless I'm listening to it as a record and I let it play. But I um, it's not it's
0: not my favorite song. Yeah, Obviously you saw my where I put it. Yeah, I'm looking at scores and Wayne. You like this way more than
1: yeah. This uh, was my this was my favorite discovery. I can say I love nostalgia in general, but I also like the way they they did this. So this because it's mostly uh, acoustic guitar and harmonica. So it has a sitting on the front porch, staring off into the into the sea. But there's something about these two guys' relationship that's deeper. Than what it feels deeper than you would. You would. It's more than just his best friend. I mean, he, yeah, he sailed the seas with this guy, and this is 1969. And I'm not trying to make something out of it. I'm just saying, I felt like these two have a much deeper relationship, and they just want to spend the rest of their life together, not sailing the sea anymore, and just yeah. maybe maybe just playing a harmonica and guitar on the Hanging front porch. Out. But there's a there's a deeper relationship between the two individuals in this song.
2: Yeah. They have an ease with one another. Like it's, 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 e- I, I almost feel like it's easy to be around. They're easy to be around each other. Yeah. It's, I don't necessarily think it's like sexual. I think it's just, uh, I think it's more of this, you know, life buddies, life partners.
0: Yeah.
3: I
2: don't know. It's a cool song though. It is. Yeah. Really, I mean, I like every song on this record. Like I said, for me, it's really hard to score. I probably score it differently a week from now than I just did today.
0: So. Yeah, me too. Um, All right, Josh, your score on this one? My score's uh, one. (laughs) Least favorite. All right, Wayne? Nine. Wow. And this is my two. This is my two. All right. Look out, Cleveland. That's next. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I, I actually, on this song, I didn't, um, I mean, I, I could do my own research, but I, when I'm researching it on the internet a little bit, I didn't find out a whole lot on this one. I don't know if you guys did or not.
0: The only thing that I've gone on this was, and I'm curious on what you guys think, it said that the Cleveland reference in the song might not be Cleveland, Ohio, but it's mostly uh-huh. most likely Cleveland, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. Yeah. Look out Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which is mentioned in the chorus. Um, So I don't know. I, I, it could be. And I know Wayne, we've talked about this on songs that do the choruses first. Like it doesn't happen very often.
1: No, I wrote that down too. That's a, that's a, a unique perspective. It also has this, and I don't know if it's, maybe I'm just associating Cleveland, Ohio, but it has this old time rock and roll feel like there's a, It it's very, you know, little Richard type uh, early rock and roll feel, and I to me when I and I can say I'm I would have never I didn't even know there was a Cleveland, Texas. It just felt like you know this this storm coming off of the Gulf of Mexico at Houston is, and then I'm almost imagining you know this guy on the road, his girlfriend or wife back in Cleveland, um, and this storm is. You know, whatever's happening in Houston is going to reverberate all the way through the, you know, the Mississippi Valley into Ohio. Yeah.
2: You know, for for me, the reason that I, you know I will kind of the bag that I didn't score this one so high is because, you know, like you just alluded to, Wayne, that that little Richard vibe in that James Brown world. I mean, I grew up in that world in Augusta, and I and I'm so used to it being done a certain way that that this it felt like. Um, this lane didn't, didn't feel like, you know, like, like up on Cripple Creek feels like it's such an ease for them to be able to play. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. It It just felt like a lane that they didn't necessarily nail.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say it felt more like even my notes here, I, I wrote feels more cover band than the band.
2: Yeah, weekend warrior almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. I get that. But I, I still like the vibe to it. Uh it's, yeah. it's a rockin' tune. I, I if you look at my my scores, I think I leaned more on the rocking tunes than the 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 soulful ballady tunes, but um, Yeah. Yeah. This is my five. Wayne, what do you got? Seven. And then John. Wow. This is my two.
2: Okay.
0: Right. Okay, Cleveland. Look out, Cleveland. Watch out, baby. All right. Next song Jawbone. 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 rides for this. It's Robbie and uh, Manuel. Um, and Manuel is lead vocals on this one. This was one that I had as low as my two at the beginning of the the week, and it kind of kept Ooh. rising up to me. Interesting. Um, I, you know what? Why I think I, I continue to score it higher is because the change in the, the, the time. Yeah time signature yeah, yeah this time signature i guess um, and i'm not a huge you know music um sheet music Theory. guy but uh yeah. this is a 6-4 signature tune at times um and the one thing that i got from research so i'm, I'm just going to read this and, and see yeah, what sure you guys say about this so levon said richard wasn't happy until he made me change rhythm patterns at least twice I could always depend on a good workout when Richard was helping to write the songs. He might want to go from a shuffle to a march and vice versa. It was stuff that stuff that kept you on your toes all the time. That sort of thing was easy for Richard, so he didn't give a damn. He could play drums left-handed or right-handed. It didn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so I, I don't know if it was Richard pushing the rest of the band to do cool stuff I, and i think that that's th- that's the beauty of this particular band is that i feel like they were all pushing each other yeah to be better musicians there's no doubt about that
2: yeah. and they all actually became better musicians um yeah uh, they even say it too in interviews you know and especially when when garth joined um and this is before garth had a beard he looked like super clean shaven and everything he looks way cooler with his beard um but, uh, yeah, he just came in with this musicality, this 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 knowledge that none of them had, you know. And I think he, he definitely lifted everyone up musically for sure. Um,
0: Production stuff, also, if you listen carefully. So after I read that Levon and uh, Richard recorded a portion of this song in the bathroom, you can kind of <laughs> hear the acoustics. The acoustics bear that out, and and Wayne, this is not the first time that we've talked about um, songs that have been recorded in the bathroom.
1: That's true. Lindsey Buckingham loved that.
0: Lindsey Buckingham.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Well, man. Um, yeah. This is not. You know, I'll tell
2: you what makes it not. I don't like the delivery on the chorus. I just don't like it. I don't respond to it, and it always you know, usually I can't wait for a course to come around and this, in this song, I'm, I'm just not, I don't know. It yeah. just doesn't hit me, you know?
0: Wayne, what do you got on this one?
1: Well, and like I say, my score is because I don't think musically it matches these, this great depression era bank robber uh, that's going on. And so I, I just, I guess I wanted something a little more exciting musically. Cause I mean, this guy is a, as a criminal. I mean, just the idea that he's he's not happy that the print on his name at the post office for his wanted poster is too yeah. small. I mean, he's he's there's just so much there's he it's such an interesting character that this this jawbone guy is so interesting. And I don't the musically it wasn't.
2: Yeah, they didn't nail every song production-wise, you know. And, and I and I keep going back to certain songs, maybe just you know, certain songs can almost produce themselves. And this song probably needed somebody else with a completely different perspective to come in and go, "Yeah, I don't know guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ask me again next week, what my score is and it's going to be different. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, that's the a, thing, so, yeah, but I did give this, deep. yeah, I did give this one a seven Wayne, your score three. Mine is also a three Wayne. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> right, next next song the unfaithful servant <laughs> you really care time she and
3: the home you share unfaithful servant
0: And this is a Danko. Yeah, I actually love this song. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, this is the one that I'm. I don't. I like it much better than the score and indicate.
2: Yeah, there's. Um, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but this is the vocal take that's on this song. First take. They. He, uh, it was. Yeah, he yes. did like 40 takes, and they went. They went back to the original, very first take. Effortless take. I love that. I, I think that's so cool.
0: And this was the B-side to Rag Mama Rag. Interesting. I didn't know that. thought that was interesting. That's cool. I, I love the effect of when they start talking about hearing the whistle blowing and the trains coming where the horns kind of come in at that point. I love that effect. I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, it's interesting, too. Like, I'm What do you think it's about lyrically? Like, I have no idea. In fact, I even wrote on here. I want to hear Wayne's take on the story. I've got one for you.
1: I, yeah, and I felt like it, it's a husband leaving his family. Um, that's especially if just from even just from the unfaithful servant idea, because I think this is maybe the best written song, um, and I all the emotion in it is captured so well in that in in those horns and that there's that funeral march snare that Levon is doing. That really gives it just that gives it so much emotional. But it's, it, fe- I feel the guy is leaving his his family. Um, and he, he's clearly there's regrets about that and guilt about that, but at the same time, it's not gonna stop him. But this song feels like, uh, the inspiration behind Desperado by the Eagles.
2: I, I actually think after I went through the lyrics even more, I, I think this song might be about like. You know, alcoholism and drugs, too. You know, it's like um, that saying that says they they make good servants but bad masters. You know, drinking yeah. too much and there's just certain parts of the song. You know, um, yeah, you can you know hear that whistle blowing. Yes, the trains are coming soon. Soon you'll be going. You know, now let us let us bow our heads for what we won't be complaining. So I, I don't know. It just feels like. And I know that the band, all of them suffered, you know, they definitely did their fair share of partying and after a while it does, it catches up with you. Yeah. So that could be that struggle. I don't know. (laughs) It's tough.
0: Yeah. My, my last note on here is addiction of some, of some nice of something. Yeah. Of something. Yeah. Whether or not that is, uh, drugs whether it's sex whether it is addicted to the road and what the road i think it's all of that it could be all of it yeah yeah
2: no i mean it's definitely like lyrically it's 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 a gym you know yeah there's no doubt about that i don't even know what i have this one rated at oh i
0: see this is my eight wayne what do you got oh five
2: yeah this was a tough one for me this is my six i you know yeah lyrically it's it's way up there but yeah this is my six all
0: right all good all right let's wrap this up this is last track Mm. this is king harvest oh yeah surely come love this song Anyone else find the production and the way that they end the song a little strange? Yeah. Like the bottom just kind of drops out. Yeah,
1: I actually wrote that on my notes. It just fades out and it feels like there should be a confrontation. Like it's led up to, Yeah, I I mean, I, there's a, there's a guy inciting these farm workers and then then it just fades out. I, I, there was a confrontation brewing and through this whole song. And then it, it just, it doesn't give you that.
2: And the chorus actually doesn't. It, it's like it's it's almost like a different song um, than mm-hmm. the uh, than the verses. But I do love it. I think production wise, you know, uh, every time it goes in, like like the like the beginning of the song. So they'll and they like there's something about that moment that is so uniquely them. Um, and then right when the right when the band comes in and that bass line is just freaking banging, man! That's I so love good. it. It's so good the drums and the bass on the song totally make it. And obviously, you know, I love the story.
1: Oh, the electric guitar work on this, I think may uh, really stood out. Yeah. Happy Robertson really kills it. Yeah.
0: What, what do you guys think of the, the song itself? So most of it is sung by Richard Manuel, mm-hmm. but then the chorus, the choruses are sung with Levon on there as well. God,
1: I love the yeah. song.
0: It's cool. Yeah. I, I like that. I like,
2: I think that's what makes the band, the band, you know? Um, I think their most unique stuff is when they're all sort of a part of it and they switch leads and, you know, I, I, I love the production. Of this song is, it, it, it speaks to me. Yeah.
0: It's good. good stuff. All right. Um, all right. Last scores, Wayne, what do you got?
1: Um, I gave it a four. Like I said, I just want to, this one has a political feel that especially in, in a reference to a post civil war, Era, I think, is even gives it a, a much more ominous uh, tone.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh, what's your score? Mine is a nine.
2: I just okay. And maybe it's because I've listened to song so much over the years, more than than the other ones. That uh, um, maybe that's why. It's hard to say, but I just I just kind of dig it.
0: When did I get your score? Uh, yes, it was four. Four. That's right. And then nine for me. Name. Yep, I'm matching your nine. Okay. All right. Um, so this is the part where I go. Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Um, think I feel here? like we've probably missed some stuff. Did we miss some stuff? I feel like we've missed some stuff. I'm sure. I feel have. like I feel like I didn't do my my homework enough. I didn't watch that classic albums. Um, documentary. So now I. Well, no,
2: you're going to love it, though. See, now you're going to be inspired to yeah. watch it. It's so good, yeah. and uh, and when okay. people listen to this, they're going to watch it too, because it really is that good. It's one of the better, it's one of the better ones that, that they that they did, and and you really learn a lot. I mean, they they were able to get interviews, and when you when you listen to like Rick Danko's interviews, I mean, those are really cool too, and and he's like living in. I mean, and none of them are living like lavish lives at all. 're all they're yeah. all kind of you know it, it looks like they're all in like broken down shacks <laughs> and stuff you know it's a, it's really it's really interesting and then their their relationship with Bob Dylan and all that too they they, they dive into that a lot you know when when, when they were his back in band and how much they learned and um it's 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 really cool I mean that you know and how much the Beatles loved this band you know they were just you know, they influenced so many people definitely at that time. And they still are. So yeah, very important record.
0: Very good. All right. Uh, so let's, let's figure out what our top five is. Any guesses on number one?
1: Um, uh, up on cripple creep. It's number two. Oh, the night they drove old Dixie down then.
0: That would be it. Interesting. Yeah. You yeah. and I, you and I, Wayne had that as our top song. Interesting. Um, but it was close. Uh, up on Curple Creek was average score of 11, and uh, Dixie was 11.66. Okay. So here's the rest of our top five. Across the Great Divide, average score of 9.33. Nice. And then we've got King Harvest. That was average score of 7.33. And rounding out our top five is Rag Mama Rag. Okay. Well, that, well, that makes sense. I mean, it should be in the top five, right? Oh, yeah. It should be, yeah. I, I, but I feel bad that we tanked Whispering Pines. Out
2: of <laughs> Don't feel bad because you're going to feel differently, and you're going to call me after you watch this documentary <laughs> when, I, when, right. uh, when, when this cinematic moment happens um, on Whispering Pines. It's, 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 it's going to, it's going to tear you
0: up. Make sure you have some tissues with you. All right, there will be some repenting on my part. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: All
0: right. Got it. All right, Josh, this has been a lot of fun.
2: This is is really great. Thanks guys. This, I I will tell you right now, uh, this was um, my favorite podcast in a really long time. So I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. I love it. It's really fun for me.
0: All right. Well, we'll remind our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Josh Kelly.
2: Um, well, I mean, you can go to joshkelly.com. Remember my name, my last name is spelled K E L L E Y. Yeah. Um, Instagram is at Josh B. Kelly, because my middle name is Bishop. Okay. And my, yeah, my, my bowling name is The Bish. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's everywhere. It's any, anywhere you look for music, you can find my stuff. I've been around for a while and, uh, and I'll be around for a lot longer. Excellent.
0: Excellent. All right. Uh, last question. We ask all of our guests this, So this is from a fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast. He asked all of his guests, who do you know that I don't know who'd want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? Interesting. And they don't necessarily have to be musicians because we recently recorded an episode with a fellow Utahan, Dale Murphy.
2: Interesting. That's cool. Uh, I would say, you know, who should you do one with that would be really great? I actually have.
0: Interesting. I know I put people on the spot. No, I like this
2: because I I actually would say God, this is it's going to be a really fun one, though. I mean, it's going to be this dude is a total maniac, but nobody has a greater music knowledge than this guy. Um, His name is David Goodstein. I'm really. I'm going to regret telling you this. Um, His name is David. His name is David Goodstein. He is probably probably one of the best drummers on the planet Earth. Okay, and he's been playing with me and tons of different bands stuff for years. His energy is super high, and his knowledge of music. He also, not just a drummer. Like he he his music of music his theory, his knowledge of musical theory is like off the charts. Yeah. And but but his knowledge of music history and everything um, is pretty incredible, and is a really great drummer. I mean, I, I would say because because for me, drums is probably one of the most important thing whenever I'm recording. And oh yeah, it's it, and he there's just something about it, man. Something about this guy. I was either going to tell you him or I was going to tell you my buddy Alan Chang. Alan Chang is the musical director for uh, Michael Buble, but he also has written like all of Michael Buble's biggest hits. Oh, nice. And, and we, we actually, he, we co-wrote a song on my uh, recent record, but he's one of my really, really good friends. And he would be a great, because he's pro, pro, one of the most accomplished piano players I've ever seen. And also just a great writer. I mean, the guy, the guy lives quite a life.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, yeah. well, we'll talk off We'll talk offline. That sounds okay. great. We, cool. we, we love animated drummers on this podcast. Oh,
2: my God. I think if you have David Goodstein, that'll be... Oh, my God. I can't even wait. Okay. Um, I would I would definitely need to be notified of this one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right. As a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Of course, we're on the socials. You can find me on the Facebook page and on Twitter at Podcast Records. And um, since I don't do much Instagram... Wayne, Wayne's over there. Where can they find us on Instagram?
1: Records are visited podcast.
0: Super easy, yeah. and you can find us on all the major platforms: Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course on all those platforms. Please go subscribe and rate or review us. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So go find your favorite musician, support them on their live stream events. Be sure to go buy a t-shirt of the band and buy a record and keep them afloat. I would say to go visit a record store. You can do that. Just mask up, okay? Be safe out there. We are Records Revisited, and we are
3: (laughs) out. I messed up.
0: I love it. (laughs)